Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 14. Today's theme is going to be one of betrayal. So Genesis 35. Then God said to Jacob, go up at once to Bethel and live there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told his household and all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have among you. Purify yourselves and change your clothes. Let us go up at once to Bethel. Then I will make an altar there to God, who responded to me in my time of distress and has been with me ever since and wherever I went. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods that were in their possession and the rings that were in their ears. Jacob buried them under the oak near Shechem, and they started on their journey. The surrounding cities were afraid of God, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Jacob and all those who were with him arrived at Luz, that is, Bethel, in the land of Canaan. He built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, because there God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak below Bethel. Thus it was named Oak of Weeping. God appeared to Jacob again after he returned from Padaram, and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but your name will no longer be called Jacob. Israel will be your name. So God named him Israel. Then God said to him, I am the sovereign God. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, even a company of nations, will descend from you. Kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. To your descendants, I will also give this land. Then God went up from there, when he spoke with him. So Jacob set up a sacred stone pillar in the place where God spoke with him. He poured out a drink offering on it, and then he poured oil on it. Jacob named the place where God spoke with him Bethel. They traveled on from Bethel, and when Ephrath was still some distance away, Rachel went into labor, and her labor was hard. When her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Don't be afraid, for you are having another son. With her dying breath, she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin instead. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Jacob set up a marker over her grave. It is the marker of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel traveled on and pitched his tent beyond Migdal-Edar. While Israel was living in that land, Reuben went to bed with Bilhah, his his father's concubine, and Israel heard about it. Jacob had 12 sons, the sons of Levi, Levi uh, sorry. <coughs> <coughs> Jacob had 12 sons. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, as well as Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, were Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, were Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padanaram. So Jacob came back to his father Isaac in Mamre, to Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived to be 180 years old. 
Then Isaac breathed his last and joined his ancestors. He died an old man who had lived a full life. His sons, Esau and Jacob, buried him. What follows is the account of Esau, also known as Edom. Esau took his wife from the Canaanites, Ada, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Aholbelah, the daughter of Anna, and the granddaughter of Zibion, the Hivite, in addition to Basmath, daughter of Ishmael, and sister of Naboth. Ada bore Eliphaz to Esau, Basmath bore Reel, and Aholbelah bore Jewish, Jalam, and Korah. These were the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, his sons, his daughters, all the people in his household, his livestock, his animals, and all his possessions that he had acquired in the land of Canaan. And he went to the land some distance away from Jacob, his brother, because they had too many possessions to be able to stay together. And the land where they had settled was not able to support them because of their livestock. So Esau, also known as Edom, lived in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of Esau, the father of the Edomites in the hill country of Zir. These were the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife Ada, and Reel, the son of Esau's wife Basmath. These were the sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Katam, and Kenaz. Timnah, a concubine of Esau's son, Eliphaz, bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These were the sons of Esau's wife Ada. These were the sons of Reel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Misah. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Basmath. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Aholbelah, the daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion. She bore Jewish, Jalam, and Korah to Esau. These were the chiefs among the descendants of Esau, the sons of Eliaphas, Esau's firstborn, Chief Taman, Chief Omar, Chief Zepho, Chief Kenas, Chief Korah, Chief Gatam, Chief Amalek. These were the chiefs descended from Eliaphas in the land of Eden. They were the sons of Ada. These were the sons of Esau's son Reel, Chief Nahath, Chief Sarah, Chief Shammah, Chief Misa. These were the chiefs descended from Reel and the land of Eden. These were the sons of Esau's wife Basma. These were the sons of Esau's wife Ahumbliah, Chief Jewish, Chief Jalam, Chief Korah. They were the chiefs descended from Esau's wife Ahulbilah, the daughter of Anna. These were the sons of Esau, also known as Edom, and these were their chiefs. These were the sons of Zir, the Horite, who were living in the land, Lotan, Jobal, Zebian, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the chiefs of the Horites, the descendants of Zir in the land of Eden. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Homam. Lotan's sister was Timnah. These were the sons of Jobal, Alvan, Manatha, Ebal, Shebo, and Onan. These were the sons of Zibion, Ahai, Anna, who discovered the hot springs in the wilderness as he pastured donkeys of his father Zibion. These were the children of Anna, Dishon and Ahobilmah, the daughter of Anna. These were the sons of Dishon, Hem, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Charon. These were the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan. These were the sons of Dishon, Uz and Aaron. These were the chiefs of the Horites, Chief Lotan, Chief Sobal, Chief Zibion, Chief Anna, Chief Dishon, Chief Ezer, Chief Dishon. These were the chiefs of the Horites, according to the chief lists in the land of Zir. These were the kings who reigned in the land of Eden before the king ruled over the Israelites. Bela the son of Beor reigned in Edom, 
The name of his city was Dainhaba. When Bela died, Johab, the son of Zerah from Basra, reigned in his place. When Jobab died, Husham from the land of Temanites reigned in his place. When Husham died, Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated the Midianites in the land of Moab, reigned in his place. The name of his city was Avath. When Hadad died, Samla from Maraskah reigned in his place. When Samla died, Shoal from Rehoboth on the river reigned in his place. When Shal died, Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his place. When Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, Hadad reigned in his place. The name of his city was Paul. His wife's name was Mahadabel, the daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mazab. These were the chiefs of Esau, according to their families, according to their places, by their names. Chief Timna, Chief Avla, Chief Jahathaf, Chief Aholbalma, Chief Elah, Chief Pinon, Chief Kenaz, Chief Temna, Chief Mizbah, Chief Magdiel, Chief Jaram. These were the chiefs of Edom, according to their settlements in the land they possessed. This was Esau, the father of the Edomites. In the last chapter in Genesis now, switching gears again and going back to Jacob and his sons and the story of Joseph. But Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, in the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, his 17-year-old son, was taking care of the flocks with his brothers. Now he was the youngster, working with his sons Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was a son born to him late in life, and he made a special tunic for him. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated Joseph and were not able to speak to him kindly. And Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. There, were, there we were, binding sheaves of grain in the middle of the field. Suddenly, my sheaf rose up and stood upright, and your sheaves surrounded my sheaf and bowed down to it. Then his brothers asked him, do you really think you will rule over us and have dominion over us? They hated him even more because of his dream and because of what he said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. The sun, the moon, and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father and his brothers, his father rebuked him, saying, What is this dream that you had? Will I, your mother, and your brothers really come down and bow down to you? His brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept in mind what Joseph had said. When his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, Your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I will send you to them. I'm ready, Joseph replied. So Jacob said to him, Go now and check on the welfare of your brothers and the flocks, and bring me word. So Jacob sent him from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph reached Shechem, a man found him wandering in the field, so the man asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they are, grazing their flocks. The man said, They left this area, for I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Now Joseph's brothers saw him from a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes the master of dreams. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him in one of the cisterns, and then say that a wild animal ate him. Then we will see how his dreams turn out. When Reuben, the oldest, heard 
heard this, he rescued Joseph from their hands, saying, Let's not take his life. Reuben continued, Don't shed blood. Throw him into this cistern that is here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this so that he could rescue Joseph from them and take him back to his father. When Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the special tunic that he wore. Then they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. When they sat down to eat their food, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying spices, balm, and myrrh down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. But let's not lay a hand on him, for after all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants passed by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. The Ishmaelites then took Joseph to Egypt. Later, Reuben returned to the cistern to find that Joseph was not in it. He tore his clothes, returned to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. And where can I go? So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a young goat, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Then they brought the special tunic to their father and said, We found this. Determine now whether it is your son's tunic or not. He recognized it and exclaimed, It is my son's tunic. A wild animal has eaten him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters stood by him to console him, but he refused to be consoled. No, he said, I will go to the grave mourning my son. So Joseph's father wept for him. Now in Egypt, the Midianites sold Joseph to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. And now Mark 14. Two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the chief priests and the experts in the law were trying to find a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, so there won't be a riot among the people. Now while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of costly aromatic oil from pure nard. After breaking open the jar, she poured it out on his head. But some who were present indignantly said to one another, Why this waste of expensive ointment? It could have been sold for more than 300 silver coins and the money given to the poor. So they spoke angrily to her. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, and you can do good for them whenever you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She anointed my body beforehand for my burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus into their hands. When they heard this, they were delighted and promised to give him money. So Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house, the teacher says, Where is my guest room where I may eat Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. 
So the disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. Then, when it was evening, he came to the house with the twelve. While they were eating at the table, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me will betray me. They were distressed, and one by one said to him, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who dips his hand with me into the bowl. For the Son of Man will go as it is written about him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for him if he had never been born. While they were eating, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. And after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood, the blood of the covenant, that is poured out for many. I tell you the truth, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, Even if they all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, today, this very night, before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all of them said the same thing. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John with him and became very troubled and distressed. He said to them, my soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Remain here and stay alert. Going a little farther, he threw himself to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour would pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again and prayed the same thing. When he came again, he found them sleeping. They could not keep their eyes open, and they did not know what to tell him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough of that. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is approaching. Right away, while Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him came a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent by the chief priests and experts in the law and elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and, let, and lead him away under guard. When Judas arrived, he went up to Jesus immediately and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they took hold of him and arrested him. One of the bystanders drew his sword and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his ear. Jesus said to them, Have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me like you would an outlaw? Day after day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, yet you did not arrest me. But this has happened so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. A young man was following him, wearing only a linen cloth. They tried to arrest him, but he ran off naked, leaving his cloth behind. Then they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and experts in the law came together. And Peter had followed him from a distance up to the high priest's courtyard. 
he was sitting with the guards and warming himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many gave false testimony against him, but their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands and in three days build another not made with hands. Yet even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is this that they are testifying against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest questioned him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What is your verdict? They all condemned him as deserving death. Then some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him with their fists, saying, Prophesy! The guards also took him and beat him. Now while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the high priest's slave girls came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked directly at him and said, You also were with that Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Then he went out of the gate and a rooster crowed. When the slave girl saw him, she began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But he denied it again. A short time later, the bystanders again said to Peter, You must be one of them, because you are also a Galilean. Then he began to curse, and he swore with an oath, I do not know this man you are talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said to him, Before a rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Betrayal is painful. Seeing it in the life of Joseph and now in Jesus, we realize how difficult and painful this must have been for them, and especially for Jesus to have his closest followers betray him and deny him. And yet he willingly went through it all because he knew this was the only way so they could be forgiven and shown grace and mercy. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.